Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 295. Today is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire Podcast. We really appreciate that. I wanted to remind you guys yet again, this upcoming Saturday, which is September 2nd, we release our first series that we'd ever done, which is a four-part series, teaching series, Deliverance featuring Jennifer Martin. It was super powerful. We're going to start releasing those every two weeks onto our podcast platforms, which are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and beyond. Um, So look out for that on Saturday. We're going to be releasing all four parts all at the same time. For your listening pleasure, you can just you can binge them. You can just go right through. Super powerful, uh, walking you through deliverance, and then walking you through how to um, how to do deliverance. Walk other people through deliverance as well. Um, really great. I'm looking actually really looking forward to going back through this myself because it's been a while. It's been a while since we did that series. It was last year. Uh, so yeah, check those out. That is on Saturday, September second, on all of our podcast platforms. All right, we're going to jump in because we got a whole lot of meat to go through today. It's our guest. You guys know him. You love him. He's a very powerful prophetic dreamer. He's the founder of Vanquish Prophetic Warriors, and he's also the founder of Unapologetic Dreamers. Let's give it up for our guest today, Andrew Whalen. Andrew, welcome back, man. Hey, man. Thanks, Jeff. Good to be here. Absolutely. Well, you've been very busy lately, doing a lot. How has the summer been? Oh, it's been great, man. Yeah. We re- yeah, we recently moved to Illinois from Texas. And so the summer up here was uh, definitely a little bit better than the intense heat down in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it super humid, though, in, in Illinois? Or is it not super bad? Uh, you know, it can get pretty humid at times, but you know, this summer it doesn't seem to have been too bad. There, there's definitely been a couple weeks here and there where it's like, wow, you know, this is pretty humid. But I don't know. There's still something about Texas summers where you just yeah. feel like you live inside of an oven. That's that's kind of how it is. Yeah. Did you ever try those things like people like bake cookies in their car or like fry a steak on the side? Have you ever done anything like that? I have not. But I've definitely left things in the car, you know, like little, I don't know, like protein bars or whatever. And they're just a pile of mush when I come out. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Note to self, don't forget those in the car. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, like I said uh, in in the intro, we've got a lot of really, really good stuff to go. So I'm just going to turn you loose. What's the Lord been sharing with you? What's in your heart to share with the people? Yeah, so I'm glad to come on here and share this, Jeff. Um, you know, Elijah streams on, on some of those shows I've been on. Um, you know, a lot of the focus has been what's going on for the nation and mm-hmm. a lot of intel on how to pray specifically for the government, for mm-hmm. just the context of, you know, where we're at. And um, and so I and I've loved that. And so this this is kind of a different shift still extremely important. It's, I actually feel the Lord's urgency on this message, but it's not so much intel about the nation. And I'll tell you what happened is recently I was 
Um, you know, some some of the audience may or may not know a man named um, Paul Keith Davis. Mm -hmm. And Paul Keith Davis, uh, he has a ministry, I believe it's called White Dove uh, Ministries. I could be wrong. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, um, the, uh, the man Paul Keith Davis, he's a real prophet, prophetic voice, uh, just has a real prophetic teaching, revelatory gift. And so um, I had had dreams with him in the past, uh, having never met him, but for several years, you know, from time to time I would dream with him and they'd be pretty significant dreams. And, uh, but I never really thought to seek him out. And then recently, I don't know what it was, but I just, I was drawn to something he posted and I don't even honestly remember what he posted on his social media, but I just thought, Hey, I'll take a chance and, and reach out to him. And I said, hey, Paul Keith, you know, we've not met, but I've had a, a, a couple of dreams with you over the years and just wanted to reach out so we could connect. Well, he said, hey, man, I he he, you know, reached back out and said, when I saw your message, I really felt the Lord said, yes, you need to connect with him. So we had a great conversation and uh, he probably doesn't even know I'm going, you know, I did text him. I was like, bro, our conversation really impacted me. He probably doesn't know I'm going around you know, talking about it, but I don't think he'd mind. Yeah. Uh, but the the conversation we had, it was like a Zoom call. And, you know, I've done a lot of whatever, just random connections with people. And, and even when we're talking about God, it's amazing. But something like actually took place on that brief little Zoom call. It's not even like, you know, Paul Keith didn't pray over me. Um, you know, there wasn't like this, oh, I'm going to intentionally lay hands on you through the Zoom and and pray for impartation. But I'm going to tell you what I felt like was that I actually received an impartation from that brief wow. time. And it felt like it felt like something got unlocked um, or released to me that has lingered with me. And it's just been this stirring, like I can't remember, like a magnetic pull towards the Lord in a way that, you know, of course I've loved, you know, I love Jesus. I love the Lord and I, um, and I'm passionate for him, but there was something fresh and new after this conversation. So um, that kind of kicked this message off, but, you know, let me just kind of bring you guys into the mess or into the conversation I had just a little bit with Paul Keith. Um, so we were talking and, and Paul Keith was, uh, or is, he, he's a prophetic guy, a real, uh, he loves the word. He, lo he He's got a teaching gift. He's got a real call, he told me, to even help purify the prophetic, you know. And so really appreciated that about him. The other thing is um, he's also traveled for years and been very close friends with some of the um, older prophetic voices who since passed on like Bob Jones and Paul Kane. And so he's, you know, he's got a lot of fun stories and experiences sure. with some of these guys. And, you know, he started to go into some things about traveling with Bob and traveling with Paul, uh, Paul Kane. And, you know, even just the stories themselves were starting to, I don't know if you ever listen to somebody tell stories about, their encounters with God and all of a sudden you, you find yourself 
hungering and thirsting for him every day bro on this show <laughs> exactly which yeah. is why which why is why these shows are so powerful in these times of testimony because mm -hmm. they man they ignite something yeah so you know he said this he said this uh thing about paul kane he said you know paul he, he said that in his life he'd only really seen two people walk in such a close dimension of a fellowship with Christ that that in their ministry he called it out of Hebrews 4 living word ministry and so it'd be like the living word himself is there present and he talked about William Branham he talked about Paul Kane and how they, those two walked in such a dimension where um, Christ would walk with them in their times of ministry and Paul Keith Davis said, Paul, he asked Paul Cain, Paul, what was it like when um, when Jesus would would be there standing, ministering with you? And Paul said, it was like someone took a curtain and pulled it back and everything was made visible. And he said, I could look at anybody and tell them everything about their life. I could know, you know, where they were born, what their destiny is, where the devil was attacking them. You know, it, he just went on and on. And I'm thinking, wow, that is incredible. So, you know, I asked Paul, uh, Paul Keith Davis, I said, Paul, I recently had a dream where Paul Kane came to me. And uh, and this this is a dream I did have not long ago. But in the dream, Paul came to me and he laid his hands on me. And all I know is that he gave me in the dream, he was releasing an impartation and I didn't know what. And I said, Paul Keith, what do you think? Do you have any, any thought or any grid for what Paul Kane might have uh, released as an impartation? And Paul Keith said, yeah, I think I have an understanding of what God might be saying in this, that, that he's inviting you into a dimension to walk in this living word dimension where Christ, his, his uh, literal presence is so uh, manifest. It's, he is so near you and that it, it changes everything. And I just thought, you know what? That's absolutely, that's what we're called to. And it just like, hmm. it, it ignited something in me to say, I, maybe, just maybe, we have things out of order in some ways hmm. in our lives, you know, maybe in the church. And so all that to say, let me look at my notes here. What I, uh, yeah. So <laughs> it got me thinking, I, I left that conversation with Paul Keith and, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to describe how I left that conversation, except to say I, there was a lingering impact. It's still lingering. I can't I haven't been able to shake it. In fact, I just got back this weekend and I preached all about it. You know, it's like I can't I can't stop mm -hmm. talking about it. So <laughs> what what God began to do is he took me back. He said, Andrew, go back to the altars of remembrance in your life. Mm. Places where and places and times where you and I shared significant uh, intimate encounter and exchange. Go and remember those seasons, those times, those places, because the Lord, the Lord began to tell me, Andrew, those weren't meant to be just one, 
one and dones, you know, a one hit wonder. Oh, you had a great time of encounter with Jesus and boom, uh, you know, you're moving on. It's like, no, God wants you to go back and remember these places because they are reminders that this is our inheritance to walk in such a dimension of intimacy, closeness and fellowship with Jesus that everything else gets put in order when we do that. So let me say this is that I think that the prophetic, I don't care if it's prophetic deliverance, whatever stream or aspect of ministry that each, uh, you know, each ministry or each person is called to, I believe right now the Lord is resetting us. He's resetting us to a place of getting Jesus back into focus, Christ as all in all. I feel like he's saying the reason that so many people end up shipwrecking, you know, I don't know, Jeff, if you're surprised, uh, I'm surprised and shocked at times when I see how did these people, men and women who some I've known, uh, shipwreck. I mean, like, oh, they, like, I talk about it a lot on the show, actually. A lot really? of people, I, not, not everybody, but there are several people I discipled when I was in YWAM that we shared in really powerful experiences together. Those were moments, memorial, those are altars of remembrance for me. But for them, it was like a rock in their shoe all of a sudden. Like for them, it was this, it was like this fork in the road. Those moments, if you're if your gaze is not fixed on on Jesus, they can actually be a fork in the road where you you either go closer to him or you go farther away. And for some reason, I don't want to derail exactly what you're talking about, but yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Like I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, and, and in one sense, I can absolutely understand how people can shipwreck because I know how, let me tell you this, there, there's a possibility. I've been preaching this for, uh, a lot recently. There is a possibility that we continue to function in our giftings. We can actually function in the impartation of a gift that we received from previous times of those intimate interactions and continue to walk in the blessing of that time. Wow. And God will allow it to continue on because the gifts of God are without repentance. And he cares so much about people that he will continue to minister to through your life to touch people. And yet your love tank with Jesus can be on E. Um, you could be running on fumes if that. And there is a there is a danger and a deception that we continue uh, to operate in ministry and in in the gifts and all of these things without Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've I don't know if who coined it, but I've heard this that I don't want the kingdom without the king. Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to do kingdom things without the presence yeah. of the king. And, you know, God's so good. He will allow people, you know, the Bible says um, to the pure, uh, all things are pure. And, you know, there's so many people are blessed through vessels or ministries where maybe they've lost sight of Jesus, but yet the purity and the hunger and the thirst of people will still find him in those places because they long for him. But those ministries and those individuals who lose sight and, and stop pursuing and walking in close, intimate fellowship, they're on a dangerous path for, for self-deception. 
And I'm just going to be one to say, I know how that is. I know that it is possible because I've done it. I know it's possible to minister on empty in your own tank, and yet the gifts still work, and the kingdom can still uh, operate and function, and God will still bless people. But at the end of the day, that's not his greatest, that's not his highest, and that's out of order. And I really believe that this is part of the reset God's doing right now. He's saying, I am doing away with the kingdom uh, apart from the king. I want the king <laughs> presiding over your own life. If he is, if he's at the top, if he is your first priority, your first love, he's what you long, uh, your motivations mm. are longing for. That's the purity of your motivation is I want to give him glory. I want to know him. I don't want to do anything without him. I want to be in step with him. I want to please him. That, that's mm. got to become the aim again. And so, um, yeah, so that kind of began to put me on this, like, I, I think that I got to start shouting this and doing it in my own life, too. I got to start um, doing this. So let me back up and just say, I remember Paul Kane. I actually had a divine appointment with Paul Kane uh, years ago before, before he passed away. Got a chance to meet with him in his home. And um, he was telling this story. And even, even God was reminding me about Paul Kane because, you know, Paul Kane had, had uh, um, some, some things in his life where he, you know, uh, I think he went into some sin, but, and there was some turning back to the Lord after that. Um, but when he was walking in, a, in just this pure stream, I can't, it's amazing to hear how close Christ was. I mean, it was amazing. And so Paul told me this story. He said, years ago, he was in California and Paul was driving. And, and I don't know how many years ago, and I don't, you know, I don't know where, where to put it in the timeline, but years ago, Paul, when he was walking so intimately with the Lord, he said he was driving in California. And all of a sudden, Jesus appeared sitting next to him in the passenger seat. And Paul looked over to him, shocked, but kind of also getting caught up in the glory of, of his presence. And Jesus begins to talk to him and communicate to him things about his life and things about his destiny and calling and all of this stuff. And as Paul is talking to Jesus, you know, um, appearing next to him, suddenly he sees lights flashing in his mirror behind him as he's driving. Well, the police are pulling Paul over now. And the officer comes up to his car and said, Paul, or what well, didn't say Paul, but you know what I mean? Said, excuse me, uh, do you realize that you just ran the past three red lights? And Paul was like, oh, and then the cop looks in, reaches it, looks in a little bit further and he goes, and where's the man that was just sitting in the passenger seat? Where, what? where is that man? And, you know, and Paul's thinking, I thought I was the only one observing what this, you know, Christ sitting right here, but no, he was visibly present. And, you know, that was like a testimony that came rushing back to my mind recently. And I thought, wow, how close does Jesus really want to be with us? How much does he long to be with us in proximity and in union and in fellowship with us? And so it just kind of stirred some things in my heart. So um, I talked about altars of 
remembrance because that was one of the things that God put on my heart. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And just to give a scripture about it, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, we see altars used in numbers of ways. And one of the ways uh, was an altar of remembrance. And so after receiving the Ten Commandments, this is Exodus 20, 24, if you want to look up. After receiving the Ten Commandments, God tells Moses, he says, in every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. So, um, you know, I felt like God was saying, hey, there is the invitation for me to come with my presence and my blessing if you will only but remember me. Remember the fellowship. Remember the days. You know, I spoke recently at a meeting and I said, hey, do you guys, I said, how many here remember a time? And maybe, and I said to some, I said, maybe that time's happening right now in your life where you would say, I am so close. I am so on fire in love with Jesus. Mm. I'm I'm thirsty for him. I, I, you know, he's like the song on my heart constantly. Mm. I said, how many of you guys remember this those sweetness of times. And, and, you know, almost every hand went up in the place. Everybody who's truly following Jesus has had that time where they've had those uh, seasons of, of living with close, intimate fellowship. And by the way, it was never meant to just be a seasonal thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I do believe God does he does call us further and deeper and higher. So at times where he feels like maybe he's not immediately right there, he's actually bidding us to keep coming. Come on, seek, follow, find. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I remembered back speaking of altars, remembrance college was like this season of time in my life where I was so hungry for the Lord. And I'll tell you why. Two, two reasons why. The first reason I met my, I mean, I love Jesus anyway. So I, you know, I, re, I did have a real relationship with him, but I didn't know that there was so much more. First off, I, I just think I, you learn to live at kind of a, an amount or a measure that you think this is it. Yep. And sometimes mm-hmm. God has to like refire a longing back Shake in things up to say there's more. Yeah. So in college, that's where I was at. I was dealing. Um, I, well, I met my Kelly, who's now my wife at the time we were dating. And I was like, Lord, I want to marry this girl. And the Lord said, you better not even think about marrying her if you're still struggling in these areas of lust. Mm. <clears throat> and so, you know, I had warfare over my own soul within lust and pornography and all, you know, all this stuff. And so that was one motivation where I knew, I knew, I knew because I had tried to overcome that in my own strength. I tried to do whatever I knew to do. And I knew the only way I get free is I have to have a baptism of the Lord's fire. I got to have, he's got to get so close that he literally removes all desire all familiarity of that and replaces the desire. And so that's, that's the first thing that drove me. (laughs) I said, okay, Lord, I got to get into your face 
until your mm. until your presence baptizes me. The, the second thing was I was reading in the Bible during that same season. And uh, let me pull up the scripture. It was, um, where did I write it down? I'll find it here one second. <laughs> it was, oh, okay. So it was Jeremiah 29, 13. Real simple. You probably heard it many times. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 13. You know, that's, kind of a you know common verse it's a a lot of people know it and familiar with it but something happened to me when i read it it like it's a leaped, promise it yeah it leaped off the page it grabbed mm-hmm. my heart and it was like the first time i ever read it and the lord was like do you understand you can have me and find me to whatever degree you want to whatever degree you want to eat drink and have of me you can have if you'll search after me with all your heart and i thought Oh my goodness, if I seek you with all my heart, I will find you. So I started getting into my prayer times and I would tell the Lord, I'd say, Lord, I will find you. I will find you. I said, if this word is true, I'm going to prove it right or wrong. I'm going to, I'll be the proof. I'll be the test on this word because I'm going to pour out whatever I know to do with all my heart. And at the end of the day, if something doesn't change, if I don't find you, then then I'll know. But if I do find you, then I'll know. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> he did, man, he started to come. He started mm-hmm. to, uh, well, and I tell this funny story too. I remember these, this is an altar of remembrance. I, I go back. I think those times of seeking my, um, my pastor at the time, he had a, we had a college ministry and he let me have the keys to the ministry building. And I would go in there at night from like uh, 10 until midnight or midnight until two. I'd just go in there for hours every night. I lived with wild football players. They were college football players. So the only way I survived that environment was I had to go and get away and be with Jesus. And so I'd go into these ministry times at night. And these were the that scripture was burning in my heart. If I seek you with all my heart, I'll find you. You know, and I didn't know, I just thought, well, I don't know what it means to seek you with all my heart, but I'm going to find, I'm going to pour out everything I know to pour out. And um, I remember in those times, I would literally, you know, the Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. I would literally, people people might think this is goofy, but this is what I did. I would flex all of my entire and my whole body because I'm thinking that I'm, this is how I love you, God. This is how I seek you with all my heart. And I'd get done with these prayer meetings of pouring out my soul and body. And I, you know, my roommates, I'd come back, they'd be like, you've been at the gym, bro. You look like a, you look like a mess. You look like you're worn out. I'm like, no, I was praying. People (laughs) were like, whoa, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, but I, I look back and I felt like the Lord's like, no, Andrew, that was not necessary. You didn't need uh, to do uh, that. By the way, my my song or my music of choice while I was seeking the Lord, I put in Skillet. Um, it was yeah, like it one is. of their early Skillet CDs, and mm. I remember putting it in, and I'd just be rocking out, yeah, flexing, seeking the face yeah. of God. Yeah, and he I was, call that battle music. 
Yes. Because I, I listen to I listen to Christian metal like when I'm like praying and stuff. Like I just like yeah. it's just battle music, dude. Bro, we're like one in the same, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, I did that flexing. Like I I do I still do that where I get <laughs> I get intense, dude. If I feel because there's a lot of stuff interference you know like just in this line of work i i, mm. I will position myself in the door as if i am a soldier and i will i will physically i get very physical i'll just put it that way yeah <laughs> so yeah oh man well you know it's it's beautiful because you know now i look back at that altar of remembrance that season of time and the lord i I always feel the pleasure of the Lord on that season because, because he loved the intensity, the passion, just the childlike faith of all I wanted was to get in his face. All I wanted was to, to know him. And I remember he would show up in power, Jeff. He would show up. I would feel the presence of God like I hadn't felt my whole entire life. And he would, I'd, I'd be laid out on this floor weeping. He, I would hear the audible voice of the Lord. I, I mean, no way, dude. Yeah. Oh man, that's still a bucket list thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just got to flex a little bit more. Yeah, maybe I need to flex a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but you know, it's like I think God just loves all of His children who are just saying, "God, we just we want you. You're our exceeding great re- reward." Just like. Mm. Uh, what Abraham said, he's our, he's my exceeding great reward. And, um, you know, I, so I guess that's just to bring up, I started to remember this season of time and I remembered the supernatural things that started to happen in my life where the Lord made him, made himself clear that he's saying, I love this. This is what you're made for, Andrew. Yes, all the ministry and all the stuff that'll come out of when you have things in the right order and the right priority, when you put me first and your love is set on me first, everything else gets put in order. He said, this is what you're made for. And I remember, I remember there'd be times where I'd say, Lord, I want to be filled to the full measure of you. And I would pray this and cry out and say, God, fill me with the full measure of who you are. There's a scripture in Ephesians that says, we shall know the, the height, the depth, the length, the width, the love of God. And it goes on to say, so that we may be filled to the full measure of God. And I, I found that scripture. And I just started praying it. God, I will be filled to the full measure. I don't even know what that means. but, yeah. <laughs> it's but gonna me. And I said, <laughs> can I? I used to ask him, can I have this? Well, one night in particular. I prayed that for about an hour or more, and I felt like I had laid hold of the Lord. And I said, I will be filled to the full measure of God, or can I be filled to the full measure of God? Hmm. And I woke, by the way, I hadn't told a soul that I'd been praying that. And I, you know, that was all in my quiet, secret place I'd been praying that. Well, the very next morning, I never wrote that phrase down. I never did anything. I just prayed it. The very next morning, I go to my first uh, class uh, that morning. I was in college, my first morning class that day. And I'm in class, and I happen to open my book bag. And on the top of my book bag is one white plain sheet of computer paper just sitting there. 
I'm thinking, I didn't put this here. Why is this here? It had one sentence written out on top of it. It said, Andrew, you may be filled to the full measure of God. And I about jumped. I, I, I literally, well, I did jump out of my seat. I, do, I will tell you this. I did jump out of my seat. I immediately ran into the hallway because I thought, what I actually thought was my roommates are playing a trick on me. I thought for sure they had to drive from the house that we lived in, sneak into the ministry building and spy on me while I was praying. And so I called my roommates. I said, guys, have you been spying on me while I've been praying? <laughs> and, you know, these are kind of like crazy wild football players, not really interested in the Lord at the time. And they're like, no, 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 you are, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, they actually did. No, they called me a weirdo. They, yeah. did. <laughs> they said, no, weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> and at that moment, I heard the spirit say that was an angel. Wow. And, dude. Um, but, you know, something happened to me during that season of time. And it was like, God loves this intimate chase, this intimate pursuit. And and it's not like he's always running from us and he's not doing that, but he's he's making himself uh, aware. He, he likes to confirm that he loves this intentional, uh, intimate place where all our heart is poured into getting to know him, to walk in close fellowship, in love with him. Mm. And so, you know, I guess I'll just say that that this whole thing has just been stirring in in my heart. And um, uh, so the the season of college was an altar of remembrance. And then I wanted to get back to something else the Lord had told me and it was a dream. So by the way, let me read this scripture one second here. It is, um, it's first Chronicles 16, 11. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. So again, first Chronicles 16, 11, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face continually. And I remember, this is probably about 10, 12 years ago, um, that passage of scripture became another one of these invitations, kind of a permission slip from the Lord saying, hey, go get in my face, get in my face, you know, seek the face mm -hmm. of the Lord. And I thought, okay, I'm going to seek the face. I'll seek your face, Jesus. And I remember specifically saying, you know, Lord, I, I've had a lot of dreams in my life and I've had a lot of like supernatural encounter with your presence and, you know, prophetic gifts and things like that. But I said, but you know what, Lord, I have never seen your face. And one night I go to bed and I said, Jesus, will you, will you let me see your face tonight? I want to mm -hmm. see you in person, face to face. So I'll never forget. I fell asleep praying in the spirit. Well, I have a dream. In the dream, I'm on a dirt road or a, like a like a little small dirt dusty path. Mm -hmm. And I look over to my left, and there's a white uh, white tent with a picnic table out front. And guess who's sitting there? Jesus is sitting at the picnic table. And all of a sudden, I'm like. I, I feel like a, 
<laughs> I don't know how you want to say it. I feel like this explosion of love in me where everything in me wanted to run over and lay and grab hold of him. So I ran over and I sat right down next to him on the picnic table. I didn't, I didn't hold him. I didn't grab hold of him. I just sat there and looked at him. But everything in me said, just, just reach out and hold him, grab him, pull him in. Mm -hmm. I, I caught his face. Now his eyes were not looking at me. I was sitting on the table and his, I was looking at his profile. Like he was facing that way. And I was looking at the side of his face. And I mean, I'm telling you, I was like an inch from his face. I'm looking, I'm right there. And I'm like, I know, I know Jesus knows I'm sitting here, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I noticed something in the dream. He didn't, he wasn't turning to look at me. And I, I got even a little, I got a little troubled in the dream. Why didn't he, why isn't he turning to look at me? I had the thought. So immediately the dream shifts. And all of a sudden, I, became, I become another man, and the man's name is John Holderby. In real life, uh, he's a real man. I, huh. I actually know him, and I become this guy. His name's John. Did you Holderby. know him at the time that you had the dream? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and so I become this other guy, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I find myself going up and hanging myself on the cross as this other man, wow. and the dream ends. Yeah. And I wake up, I say, Lord, first question I had for the Lord was, Lord, you know, I was right there. I, I said, first off, thank you for letting me see your face. Thank you for answering my prayer. I said, but Lord, I'm troubled. Why didn't you look at me? I was sitting right there. And the, and the first thing I heard the Holy Spirit say is, why didn't you behold me? And um, you remember how I said all I wanted to do was go over there, reach out. Yeah. I, I didn't even know he, see, he knew the depths of my heart. This is what he, this is what he was showing me. Andrew, I knew that the, the longing of your heart was to reach out and take hold of me. Why didn't you? And, and the scripture says, well, you know, if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Mm -hmm. I knew God was saying there's, there's some things that are conditional. I'll move according to your movement. And I knew, uh, okay, so then the next part, I said, Lord, why did I become the man that I know, John Holderby? He said, because Andrew, and I said, and why did I go to the cross? He said, because Andrew, the cross you need to bear is to become like John the Beloved, to become a beholder of me. Hmm. The man's name was John Holder B. He said, I want you to be John wow. Holder B. <laughs> be a holder. Behold me. Don't, don't hesitate. Don't shrink back. Be lavish. Be aggressive in your pursuit. Behold me. Seek me. Get before me. And that's the safest place I can tell you that I think God is bringing the body of Christ into this reset. He's like, he's saying, I need my people to learn the art of beholding wow. and not passive beholding, but intentional, active, passionate beholding of me. So, mm. dude. 
help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. That's honestly, dude, this right here has been like my heart too. Like this is something that God has really been speaking to me about a lot. And, you know, I've really been, he's really been pushing me in the direction of, of pursuing my creative endeavors again. And I was hesitant because I was like, I know what this is like. I know like when you're doing a creative project, it is kind of an all encompassing thing, you know, where it just fills your mind. And I said, I just don't, I would rather just not do it. Even though there's a part of me that feels like I'll breathe shallow half-drawn breaths for the rest of my life because i know that that's that's a gifting he's given me is create you know creativity and imagination all those things but i really really felt like the lord was pushing me into that and i was like okay god i want to do this differently i don't want it you're supposed to be totally integrated into my life i don't want it to be this okay push the pause button on jesus time now it's creative time i'm like you are the author of creativity we are, as humans, the ultimate expression of that creativity. Mm. So if that's true, then that means that you are in, you can be in the very center of my creative endeavors, even if it's something that in my mind doesn't seem connected. And so, man, even just this last weekend, dude, like just wild worship times. I'd be sitting there because I'm animating and it takes a long time. And all of a sudden I just stop and like God's presence would just be huge. Just be like crying and like, you know, it's just like, you know, so it's really, really been amazing to see like, man, like God really does want to be in the center of everything that we do. But that's also an encouragement for people that are struggling in that same way of going like, well, yeah, but like, Andrew, I love, I would love to just be holding, but like I got kids or I would love to, but I've got like a, a job that's really demanding. And, and so this is an, is evidence of like, God wants to be totally encompassed. Like even when I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, and it's like working on something like a video or something for Elijah fire or something, God is still there, you know, still. Uh, and so this is man, like, like I said, this is a very, like right on the forefront of my, my mind um, mm-hmm. right now too. this, this message. No, I love that, man. That I think that this is a part of, we hear a lot of prophecies right now about reset, and I mm. actually think it's all encompassing in one, mm. in one, I'll say it this way. I think God's resetting, you know, government structures. He's resetting uh, the church. He's resetting, you know, all sorts of dimensions right now in our world. But, but for the body of Christ, I think one of the key resets is he's getting things back into its right order. He, you know, if I can put it this way, I would say that, you know, our foundation, um, to have a truly healthy foundation, everything has to be built on Christ mm-hmm. and, and not in name only, you know, too, too many of us are, when I say us, I just mean, there's too much of this. Well, let's give it the label of Christ or Christian and that means we're building on him. And no, that does that does not qualify. What qualifies as being truly built and established in Christ is we're actually walking with him. We're walking it yielded to him. We are in a consistent pursuit of him, abiding in him, following him. We're looking to give him preeminence and supremacy in all things. Mm. And so 
there's a lot that God's resetting. And here's the reason why, it, you know, he, he's restoring or resetting this first love intimacy, yeah. this first love, get in my face, seek my face, you know, behold me, because that's what we're going to be building on. <clears throat> that's the foundation we'll be building. And I think, I think we're seeing a lot of the fruit, unfortunately, of really big building. And I don't mean like physically, I'm just saying in general, uh, building things for God and in the name of God. And yet these things collapsing yeah. when they get to a certain level, a certain height, because they were not built on a very great yeah. foundation. And there's man-made structures anyways, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of what God's doing. He's resetting all that. He's saying, you know, uh, when you have things out of order, you know, you can think that maybe you can, you know, uh, build it in the right way and somehow it'll sustain along the way. At some point, that thing's given out. At some point, that thing's going to show it for what it is. Whatever, whatever you're trying to build, whatever you're trying to do in the name of the Lord, apart from him. And I'll tell you this. One time I had a dream. I didn't write this in our notes, but I had a dream many, many years ago prior to me starting a house of prayer. And the Lord had called us to do a house of prayer in our region. I had a dream where these Old Testament prophets appeared to me. I don't know. <laughs> these dreams are fun. They, they were these. <laughs> Old school, Old Testament prophets, they were wearing these, you know, uh, sackcloth and and they were just looked gruff and, you know, and they come to me in this dream and the glory on them was so intense. And as soon as they get near me, I begin to weep. Wow. And they prophesy. One of the main prophets, whoever it was, he prophesies to me. He said, you must reject even the thought of trying to grow this ministry in your own strength Man. in your own strength what is your own strength it's anything that's not born out of that intimate yielded place where our first priority is him where he is the lord and, and the lover of our soul and we are we are loving him back, worshiping him and, and responding out of that place. And now does everybody do it perfectly? No, none of us are going to do it absolutely no. perfectly. So there's grace in this. Yeah. But praise the Lord. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, yeah. whoa, I have needed major grace because mm. I, I know, I know that I'll get 20 miles down the road and be like, whoops, I left Jesus back there. <laughs> so we got off by a degree, which uh, 20 miles later, turns out it was a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, but that's the faithfulness of the Lord. Yeah. He's saying, I, I'm, I am for my people. I'm for yeah. building the kingdom. I am for this, but not without me. I'm going to recorrect. I'm going to reset. I'm going to get you back in alignment with what I've always wanted, me as the head, me as the heartbeat, me as the, the oil and the life uh, that, you know, that we build and, and thrive in. So, um, you know, I, I just think, I think we're in a, a day of reset. We're in a day where God is, 
he's not just he's not just correcting things right now he's inviting us back into revival listen to this you, you got to hear this he's not just about oh you're doing this wrong you need to do it this way here this or you're out of order here get this right he's not mecha- he's not mechanically going about this i feel like if we can respond truly respond to what he's inviting us into we're going to have the greatest first off personal revival that i think we might have ever had before because this is what he's doing he's wooing us back he's wooing us closer right now yeah he's got a lot i'll be the first to tell you it is so easy to get out of order when you're carrying assignments uh prayer assignments prayer burdens kingdom you know uh assignments and things like that uh but even in that the lord's saying i don't want any of that being the replacement or the driving passion i want i want you and me face to face let's get back in that place so i hope this is helping a little bit yeah i feel it I absolutely feel it. Can I ask you something? Go back really quick. Um, cause I wanted to ask you specifically about, cause I mean, this, all this, this whole, this whole episode, this really feels like this is very key, uh, information, a very important message, uh, for the days, the year to come. Like it really yeah. does feel like that. Um, how can people, um, is is remembering uh, it is i guess these altars of remembrance is it more just remembering your history with god is that is that a good way of putting it or is it actually like hey no like there's certain very key things um is it is it good to get in the habit of remembering these these things like i, I don't know i would love to hear your thoughts on all of that i i believe so i believe you know, even the word testimony, you've heard it means to do it again. And uh, r- really, essentially, the Hebraic understanding of telling a testimony was you actually enter into the same power that was released during wow. the time of that testimony. So when you have an altar of remembrance, it's not just so you can mentally recall something. It's so that you can enter back into the very uh, place of grace and power that happened in that time. I believe that that's exactly what God wants. He's saying, go back and remember this about who I am. He said to Moses, in every place that you remember my name there, I'll bless you again. That place, I'll bless you. So go back in remembrance and and receive the blessing of that time or that place. So let me tell you what happened to me in 2017. Um, Was it 2017? I think it was 2017. I was just in a tough season. Um, I had a few of those along the way. We probably all had a few Amen. of those. <laughs> I was preaching recently. I was like, uh, how many of you guys have had a season where you feel like all hell has broken loose? I said, you know, everybody's like, every every hand in the place. I'm like, so you're not alone, right? Yeah. At some point, we've all experienced these times or seasons where we feel like all hell has broken loose. Mm-hmm. And that's where I felt like I was at in a season during 2017. And I said, Lord, what do I do? And he said, go back 
to every altar of remembrance. And now I had heard of the altars of remembrance, you know, but honestly, that was a little bit new uh, language for me and, and kind of the concept. I didn't quite get what God was going after. He said, Andrew, I want you to go back to the actual physical locations where you and I had a significant time of encounter where there was a real intimate exchange between you and I. I want you to go back to those places and remember me in those places. Mm. And so you, you remember how I told you about the ministry building where I'd go in there, you know, from whatever, 10 to midnight or, uh, and go pray. Well, I did, I went back to that building and that building became a liquor store. So after years later, you know, that, that was in college, that was over 20 years ago. So, um, anyway, so, you know, years later, that's now a liquor store. Wow. And I'm like, Oh no, (laughs) I'm thinking that's such a bummer that that's a liquor store. But I decided I'm going in there anyway. I went back into that place. You know, I don't know if people are wondering, what is this? This guy must be drunk. I was drunk drunk on the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you that. I was, I was remember, I was going up and down the aisles. There's wine and vodka and blah, blah, blah. And I am remembering the time when I was buried on my face, weeping in the presence of God. I remember, you know, it was like, oh, in this aisle, at this spot, I remember the audible voice of the Lord speaking. Wow, dude. You know, and, and it was like, God was reminding me. And he was And I felt the power and the presence of that time Hmm. of remembering. And so I guess as a practical thing, I can't, now I can't remember what you asked me. What did you ask me? No, you're answering it. Actually, it was about like, what is, what all is entailed in these altars of remembrance and, and recalling these things. Is it just in remembering your history and you're actually answering it? Cause it's funny. You mentioned going to actual places. Because during the course of this episode, I was like, dude, God, Lauren and I have experienced God's goodness. You know, it, we, yeah, we go through really hard times. But the, the, the end result of it is, is experiencing God's goodness and going to all these different places. And, 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 and I don't doing something. I would need to ask the Lord. But so you, you saying that, I was like, oh, it's actually not that weird to do that. No. And. And if I can just be dead honest, I I went into that time, like I told you, I said, all hell was breaking loose. I, I mean, that's how I felt. I did not have much expectation. Hmm. I, in, in one sense, I did have expectation. I did it by faith in what I felt the Lord say, but I didn't even, I, I couldn't comprehend that God could actually suddenly shift me in back into the blessing that had been released in those previous times. And I instantly found myself back into a place of revival with the Lord. That was in 2017. And, and so I want to say that for those saying, I want, I need revival in my life. I need, I need something reset in my own love, passion, intimate place with Jesus. And I want to just encourage you to go faithfully in faith is what I mean. Go in faith to those places. Maybe it is physically, maybe you can't even get there physically, but just go there in your heart. Go back in your mind. Remember, 
Remember what the Lord has done. Remember some of the things where there was those times of presence and intimate encouragement and, and all of that. And watch how suddenly you step back into the blessing of the Lord that was released in the in those moments of time. Wow. And yeah. those aren't meant to just be, you know, oh, that was nice. That was a nice experience. God's saying, no, take this with you into the for into your future. Bring the blessing of this now. Get it now. Go into it. Mm. And I just feel so this good. is part of what God's saying to us right now is like, go back. Remember, by the way, let me tell you this, Jeff. I've not said this yet, and I didn't write this down, but this is profound. I said, Lord, okay, so this year has been a year of breakthrough for me. Come on. In several levels, several ways. Financially, in my, I mean, just so much. I can't even go into it. Yeah. But I'll say it this way. I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what? did I do to deserve this? <laughs> we could probably all guess what he said. Uh, nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything to deserve it. I treat you not as your sins deserve, you know, um, but he did say this. He said, but Andrew, your thanksgiving accelerated the blessing. Wow. And immediately, just so you know, immediately he took me back to where we were in a pretty difficult season of time and I was mowing the lawn and I was just taking those times for hours mowing the lawn and I was just thanking God. I was mm. just thanking him, thanking him for things I didn't even have, thanking him for things yeah, that I've he had there. promised that I didn't even see. Yeah. Just hours. And the Lord, and that's what the Lord said. He goes, Andrew, you caught my eye in that place. Your thanksgiving touched my heart. Mm. And he said, no, you didn't deserve, you didn't do anything to deserve this breakthrough, this blessing, but your thanksgiving accelerated it. Mm. And that's what I want to say is some of you just need to go back and give God thanks. Even maybe you've gone through some difficult things, but find the reasons, find the places that you can be thankful uh, for for how the Lord has been faithful, for how he came through, for how he showed himself strong on your behalf, and watch how God begins yeah. to accelerate. Watch how he comes near in ways that are just going to, it's going to undo you in all the best so ways. Good. So good. And I just, man, like I, I would have to agree in that sense of gratitude. There have been moments in my life where I'm like, God, there was something that was undeniably him. And I said, if nothing ever happens again in my life in this area, thank you. And wow. it's just like, bam, like, like there have been some tangible, like you could cut it with a knife, thick presence of God moments, totally getting blasted because of that sense of gratitude, not yeah. going, thank you. Do you hear what I'm saying? So that you give me more, but just yeah. like, even if that was the last thing I ever received from yeah. you, thank you, you know, yeah. and um, that, that measure of, of gratitude, cause that's genuine, man. Like, yeah. like when you're just grateful to the Lord, you know, and, and God has even had me through seasons of like, I'll like right out of the gate in the morning, be like, by the way, these are all my problems right now. And he'll actually be like, like, tell me to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> 
You already prayed about them. Do you trust my word? Do you trust my, my goodness and my faithfulness? Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. And so in regards to this scripture you shared actually earlier, Exodus 2024. What's next year, you guys? 2024. I actually think that this is going to be a big scripture for many of you. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I Mm. will come to you and bless you. 2024, you guys, Exodus 2024, next year, 2024. Some of you guys, that's going to be your life verse from now on. Some people that that's going to be the the very thing that's going to propel you forward in this next year, even starting right now, but into next year and beyond. So Mm. it's so good, dude. Wow. Yeah. That's a good word right there. Yeah. That's like, that's really good. Oh, it, and you know, I just want to say this. I think God, I think one of his favorite things to do is to break the boredom and the dryness and the staleness off of his people. I, I think he loves to show up when, when he can find a heart that's pursuing him, seeking him, worshiping him. He's going to have fun with that individual. He's going to say, watch how exciting I'm going to make life become in my presence. You're going to know joy unspeakable, full of glory. You're going to know peace in the midst of crazy shaking. Mm. You're going to know hope in the midst of what seems hopeless, like Abraham uh, in hope against hope. Abraham believed, you know, he, I, I just think there's so much that God does when he got, when he can find someone who just has the priority of getting in his face, seeking his face, watch. He's going to, he's going to break the boredom off your soul, the boredom off of mm. whatever. Cause honestly, I'm going to tell you this. There, there isn't the same. It's possible to, to operate in kingdom things and realize we're not walking closely with the King. Mm. But I want to tell you the most exhilarating, the most life-giving, the most sustaining and wonderful part about being in the kingdom is the king. And I just want to say that today is the Lord is saying, reset, get in my face, get back to first love. Yeah. So. Oh, it's so good, man. Yeah. I had a, I had a, um, you know, everybody's very well aware. We, I've even shared on the episode with you about anxiety i'd like about with anxiety and i had a dream right after that as i was processing through and god was setting everything right and i think i've shared this before but i want to bring it up again and there were three lanes on a highway and i was like just plowing i was in the fast lane i was going super fast and then all of a sudden it just spun out of control and i'm like like it, it like it felt very real and and then all of a sudden i was in i when i it I was spinning out and then all of a sudden I stopped and I was still going the same direction, but I was in the slow lane and I woke up and all of a sudden I heard this. Um, I think it's a uh, Rick Pino song, but there's um, it, it says, take me back, take me back, take me back to my first love. And I had that playing in my head and I was reflecting on a, uh, a message immediately from that, that triggered a thought of, yeah, my, my youth pastor, he's sitting there. It was, we all gone to Mexico. I was a really baby Christian. I was like probably four months, five months. 
And I'll never forget this message. And I, I remember exactly where I was. He like piled all the guys. It was at night, piled, piled all the guys into the, the bus we took down there. And he just looked at us and he said, is Jesus your first love? And he just kept repeating that. And it was something that just stuck with me. And it, so it was like all these things triggered. I've just like, and that's really like all of that that happened in 2019 to me and that dream and everything really reoriented me to, to being like, none of this other stuff matters. Like, yeah. yeah, all these things are great. Like, but if Jesus isn't at the center of those things, who's the, the, the all of these blessings are, are from him. So if yeah. he's not actually the center of my gaze, these are byproducts of my relationship with him. And if suddenly we start worshiping the byproducts of these things and we get bound by duty and I have to do, and I have to uh, push, push, push. Um, it's not worth it. It's absolutely not worth it. It's a fruitless venture. Um, and you're just going to end in disappointment. Like that's what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I think that's the other thing I said recently. I, I've been coupling, I say recently, within the past week, this this stuff is hot it's off fresh. the press. Yeah. It's fresh. <laughs> you know, I've, yeah, right. And I've been kind of coupling this word with uh, the message of identity because um, so much of our identity can easily get misplaced or uh, put upon the things instead of uh, the thing. The, the, what is truly uh, where our identity should be um, established in, in Christ. Mm. And so um, more about we, we need to be more about being rather than the doing and the doing flows out of the being. But that's some of what God's resetting. He's he's getting I, I told people recently, I said, you know, the number one crime in all of the earth uh, in terms of statistically is uh, identity theft. And um, I thought I thought, you know, well, hey, if the natural things speak of the spirit of the spiritual, then if in the natural identity theft is the number one thing, then you better believe that's a sign to us to say the devil is coming after our identity. And, and if he can, he'll even reestablish the identity of Christians onto all the other things um, where he knows he can exploit us. He will, we become a target and a liability where we don't have our identity set in the right yeah. places and he will exploit that. And so that's why, the Lord's like, I want to build some, I want to build my kingdom, but not on the wrong foundation. And I don't want you to end up 20 years down the road, broken down and destroyed because you never had things in the right order. So he's coming to us right now, refreshing some things like you hit, you know, restart on your computer. Everything's just kind of resetting. I feel mm -hmm. like he's doing that right now. He's putting the reset button. Yeah, so good, man. So good. <laughs> well, Andrew, I would love for you to pray for people in regards to that and however else you feel led. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to, man. Well, Father, we just come before you right now and we give you thanks. We give you thanks through your son, Jesus, for all that we have received. God, that you have treated us not as our sins deserve. And we thank you, Lord, that you found us all worth the sacrifice of your son on the cross, that, that we were worth the uh, ransom through the blood of Jesus. And we just receive right now that 
that gift of love through the blood of Jesus. We thank you that you have obtained us, you've purchased us, and your word says that we have been brought near to God by the blood of Jesus. And we just come near right now, Lord. Father, I pray you would just reset us all across America, all across the nations of the earth, your people, reset us um, back into the right focus. Get us into uh, the right place where our eyes are first and foremost set on you, fixed on you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would come near to us and refresh and revive the place of intimate friendship, intimate interaction, intimate fellowship with you. And Lord, I pray the longings of our heart would begin, would begin uh, to ignite, reset the longings of our heart for you first and foremost. By the way, let me tell you what Paul Keith said. Sorry, I'm just jumping back no, up there. Good. Paul Keith said something I thought was so profound. He said, the Lord recently told him that what is qualifying his people to go to the next level or the, the just the next place he has from the two qualifiers, the Lord said, are this, the purity of our motivations and courage. And I believe that this is part of that. God's resetting the purity of our motivations. He wants our heart, passions, not in all the other stuff, not in, in all the uh, all, all of the fruits of relationship. He mm-hmm. wants the purity of our motivations in the relationship. That's what's got to motivate us. Mm-hmm. Him, Jesus, Christ alone. And so that, and we need to be courageous. We need to be those who are saying, whatever it takes, we're going to be those, we're going to be true worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. We're going to seek, we're going to be the generation that seeks his face, that seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. Mm. Lord, I pray that right now, may an impartation, even what you've been stirring in my heart, God, I just pray freely, I receive freely, I just give this, Lord. I pray that all over those that are watching, all those that will watch this later, there will be an impartation, a fresh spark of love, of fire, of hunger, of thirst for you, Lord. And I pray, God, just surprise us. Break the boredom off your people. Break the dullness off our hearts. Break the passivity off our soul. I pray, Father, something fiery and alive by your spirit would come and touch us. And Lord, we, we pray for your face, Jesus. Just come shine upon us. Shine upon us. And we love your face. According to your word, your word says to seek the Lord and his strength, to seek his face continually. I pray the grace of continual face seeking. And there would be face-to-face encounter for all of us, I pray, in these days. Mm. In mm-hmm. Jesus' holy name. Yeah. Jesus' holy name. Mm. Thank you, Father. Mm-mm-mm. And Lord, I do pray that there would be a quickening, even right now. Would you just begin to quicken people's hearts and minds back to those those places of, of rich love, of mm-hmm. times of, of intimate interaction where you marked them? Cause them even now, cause all of us even now to remember 
um, the joy of our salvation. Yeah. Well, we, we just pray for altars of remembrance um, to, yeah, bring your people back to these altars, Lord. Yeah. And even going forward, I, I just pray, remind, remind us to just continue to have these places of remembrance where we just learn how to continually give thanks to worship you for who you are, for your goodness, mm -hmm. even in the midst of what appears to be disappointment or what appears to be just chaos at times, even in those places, teach us, Lord, how to, how to see, perceive, and give thanks for your goodness and your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Mm. Yeah, and somebody, um, I see a... <laughs> see a covered wagon um and a yellow lab someone someone is listening to this and god wants you to know yes that is me that actually was me whatever that is he's not giving me any other details other than those two details but that's actually meant to be confirmation for you because you were sitting there about ready to dismiss it no that wasn't an altar of remembrance something happened in that moment with with those two key details a covered wagon and a yellow lab um so yeah I'm, lord just minister to that person <laughs> thank you jesus well i have a silly one too i just had i had a picture of somebody uh literally peeling a banana and it, it's like i'm seeing you it's a, a woman i see you peeling a banana and uh i see the lord literally releasing light upon your face changing wow. your countenance right now wow and so I just pray that, Lord, you would go and just heal, restore, revive, and come close to this precious woman. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Mm. Jesus' name. Mm. And I, I heard the Lord say that um, some of you are starting or or you're you're even starting now or, or there's some uh some of you are going to be reminded to start going back to your journals uh to some of those former days former places where you had had some things given to you spoken to you prayed over you uh they were they were uh things that god gave you in the word and those are going to be things that become springboards of fresh encounter fresh revival for you so, Lord, I just pray that, God, even uh, even draw uh, many people right now back into those books of remembrance. That's what I hear, books of remembrance, those journals and uh, those prayer uh, journals, those dream journals. I thank you, God. There's going to be things. I, I hear this by the word of the Lord. Many of you have forgotten and you think you haven't. But as you go back, uh -huh. God says, I'm going to quicken to your mind. A season of remembrance after remembrance after remembrance. And it's wow. going to overwhelm you wow. about my faithfulness and my goodness. Mm -hmm. So the Lord says, go back, go back, go back. Hmm. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Hmm. 
some of you, some of you are going to pick up. I just heard that some of you, uh, I feel it's more than one is many of you are going to pick up uh, the, uh, the previous generations um, spiritual well, and in, and there's been an inheritance left for you spiritually in the Lord, and you're going to pick up. Uh, God says a a supernatural exponential grace that's coming even through your former generations. Hmm. The Lord says, even go remember back to the things He gave the previous generations, whether it's your parents or grandparents, and God's going to be even even in those things is going to cause. Uh, a revival of intimacy and uh, relationship in your own in your own time with the Lord because of the grace that's coming through the generational line. Jesus. Hmm. And the Lord says, uh, you know, I'm I'm just hitting many today because this there I feel like I feel like this is applying to so many right now as I'm on here that many of you have put things on the shelf and God is, he's not condemning you for it. God's, and here's what I hear the Lord say. You felt like you missed the time and the season and the window. And God says, but I'm bringing things full circle again. And I'm taking those things off the shelf. And the Lord says, get ready to dust them off, dust them off. Hmm. And he said the time was not right, but now the time is becoming ripe. And so, Lord, I pray for Hmm. everyone now. There would just be an expectation and excitement to see how you're going to revisit some things that you've told them, that you've shared with them, that you've invited them into, that they put on the shelf. Lord, I thank you, God. Thank you for that. His name. That's a good word, mm. man. Hallelujah. You know, and some, you know, Jeff, you might have alluded this to this earlier. You, you know, but sometimes you're like, well, how do I got? How do I seek the face of Christ when I've got all these other concerns and needs and all of that? Mm-hmm. And and just the scripture that comes to my mind is, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. It, it's Christ. He's the righteousness. Hmm. Seek Christ, seek his face, and all these other things will be added to you. God will provide. He'll he'll respond and answer uh, and and meet you in the place where there's turmoil, where there's difficulty, where there's need. So I just bless you with the grace to seek first right now his face, Hmm. his kingdom, his righteousness. Yeah. Good. Amen, bro. Amen, man. Mm, that was good. That was really good. Awesome. Yeah. I'm feeling that. All right, man. Well, uh, how could people let people know how they can follow you? All that good stuff. Yep, absolutely. So you can go to my website, vanquishpw.com. Um, there's some things on there, just some uh, resources and stuff. And then I have a Facebook group that uh, is free to join. It's a private group, but it's free to join. You can find it at Vanquish Prophetic Warriors uh, on Facebook. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much. Uh, I'm super, super encouraged. I know other people are as well. Uh, Exodus 2024, guys. Look it up. Write it on your mirror. M maybe, maybe some people are going to tattoo it on there. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> tattoo for yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, on your forehead, um, <laughs> backwards. So you can, you know. Anyways, uh, dude, thank you so much. Just you've been generous with your time, and and uh, I know I'm always just so blessed every single time you're on the show. So, and yeah, man. Well, thanks, Jeff. Likewise, love coming on and. You know, until next time, bro. Boom. Yeah, everybody, that's our show. Um, tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow's show and Friday's show are pre-records. However, this whole week, because I now have seen all five episodes, um, all of them are inter interwoven, you guys. Um, th this whole week is just about establishing very important mar mar marching orders from the Lord. Uh, and so tomorrow's episode... We've got Philip Hickman back on. He hasn't been on in a while, but he releases a word that it's it's been like a multi-year word that he actually released on the show. And it's very much in line with what we were talking about today. Uh, so you guys are not going to want to miss that. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, also, ElijahStreams.com slash donate is how you guys donate. All proceeds go to keeping this free at five days a week. And then also we take a portion of every donation. We funnel into those amazing water well efforts, which you guys have been so amazingly generous and just believing in this ministry of Elijah streams period. Um, so guys, thank you so much, but we love you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Philip Hickman. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.